This podcast is sponsored by Prime Super, providing straightforward superannuation solutions to Australian businesses for over 20 years. Go to primesuper.com.au to see what we can do for you. When people think about ageing and aged care, inevitably they are faced with having to consider the mortality of a loved one. It's a topic not often discussed. In fact, we actively avoid it. Joining us to unpack this is Invigor Home Homecare Executive Manager, Tracy Sylvester. So Tracy, what is self-determination? I think um, self-determination is a term and it sounds really complicated, but I think it is a term that's, that's used to describe the, um, the right that we all have as humans to make decisions about how we live our lives and then probably how we die as well or where we spend the last period of our lives up until you know, end of life and then death. Why do people shy away from talking about mortality? I'm not really sure. I think it's a particularly Western thing because in lots of Eastern cultures, death is um, talked about readily. Um, children are very used to going to funerals from a very young age, so death is not something that's seen as something that's horrible or scary. But in, in our Western cultures, um, by and large, not in all Western cultures, but in our Western cultures, it seems to be something that, that because it doesn't get spoken about it, then it's really mm. seen as something to be feared. And I think that we can take a lot out of some of those Eastern cultures where um, when someone does pass away or die, that their life is celebrated and them dying is actually not seen as a horrible, scary thing. It's just seen as an amazing, and it's, you know, I always liken it to the whole sort of Lion King analogy where um, the Lion King talked about um, the great circle of life and, you know, where, you know, the minute we're born, we will die someday. And I think it's really important that we start talking about it. And I think particularly then if we think about people as they age, um, the whole notion of their end of life is actually really, it's actually pivotal to the choices that they make because we don't have those conversations then the end of life journey can sometimes not be as it was planned or as they might have thought it should be. What do people think of when the concept of autonomy arises? Well I think they think, I'm not quite sure, I think some of it actually centres around the whole notion that um, when you have autonomy you have that right or you have the ability to make choices about and in the case of ageing, it's really uh, what you'll, uh, where you'll live, how you'll live, what you'll eat, when you'll get out of bed in the morning. Um, and it really, that does link back to the whole notion of self-determination. So unfortunately, obviously, as people age and if they end up with some cognitive impairment, their capacity to be autonomous is reduced. So they don't have the same ability to make decisions for themselves. However, it's really important and certainly when we work with older people and work with people with cognitive impairment, we actually try and work with them in regard to their capacity. So if they have capacity to make some decisions, and that might be as simple as making a decision about what they're going to wear today or making a decision about what they're going to have for breakfast, then that capacity is definitely built into um, their care plan to make sure that they are able to retain the autonomy that they have capacity for. And why is freedom important to us as we age? 
Oh, well, I think it's that whole notion, and, and I think, again, it comes back to our Western society perceptions that ageing is a negative thing and that we are quite ageist. And there's been lots of uh, journal articles and research done around attitudes of people towards ageing, particularly in things like the workforce. So the assumption is that the minute you hit 60, you can't be productive and you can't work uh, the same way that somebody who is under 60 can work. So I think it is, um, so, you've, so you've got that as a, as, an, as a society attitude, I guess. And then it links back into things like not having the choice or potentially not having the choice about where you'll live when you're older, uh, potentially not having the choice to decide uh, when you'll get up out of bed, when you'll have breakfast, when you'll eat your lunch, what you'll wear, who you will talk to, what social activities you'll participate in. So I think that freedom becomes more important to people, not because of the freedom itself, but because of the fear that they have of losing their freedom and losing their autonomy to make decisions for themselves. Why is the thought of entering aged care view negatively by many? Well, I think it links back into that fear, and it is a fear of losing the freedom and the autonomy to make decisions about um, about what people will do or how they will live their lives. And I think to a, to a large degree, that's probably a fear that's quite valid in lots of instances. I think we do have a lot of work to do in our aged care system in this country about the way that people um, have choice or a given choice when they move, particularly if they move into residential aged care. Obviously in the community aged care system, there is more choice now. Um, people, if they're using a home care provider, then can choose who that provider is and what sorts of services they will receive under that home care package. So that sort of principle um, probably does need to move into residential aged care and there's certainly a fair degree of lobbying um, going on with Council on the Ageing. So Council on the Ageing's policy position is very much that they want to have consumer-directed care uh, to be introduced into residential aged care sooner rather than later. And in fact, I think they're expecting the government to make a decision on that by early next year about how it's going to happen. And I think once we get that, then potentially, because there's no doubt that um, some people do need to live in a residential aged care environment. Their care needs are such that they can't remain at home uh, in their family home. So for those people, that type of uh, service environment is really really essential to their to their capacity to live, I guess. But the reality is, up until now, it's there is a perception, and I think that there is a fair degree of um, reality in that perception that the minute you walk through the front doors and move into one of those facilities, that you lose the capacity to choose because of the institutionalised way that a lot of those uh, facilities are run. So breakfast is served at a certain time and there is a certain menu so if you don't feel like anything on the menu today that's just too bad so sad you are regimented with when you will have a shower particularly if you need to have assistance with that shower so you are reliant on other people to help you you are reliant on um, other people for your social uh, interaction so you can't just jump in your car and go down cup of coffee with a friend or go to the museum or go to a park you are reliant on other people for that to, to, to be able to participate in those activities so I think if you think about 
as human beings, we are, um, as we become adults, there is a whole heap of uh, choice and autonomy afforded to us by virtue of being an adult. So we can choose where we live, by and large, what we eat, where we work, who we talk to, the friendships that we have, the relationships we have. And then all of a sudden, when you need to receive care because your frailty means that you need assistance with your activities of daily living, all of that choice is taken away from you. And I, so I think that's why people are scared of the whole notion of moving into aged care because everything that's been really important to them for all of their adult lives. Remember, if you're 80, that's probably the better part of 60, 65 years that you've had those choices. Then if those choices are no longer afforded to you, that's a real issue. Okay, thank you for your time, Tracy. You're welcome.